Awesome. Well, uh, we do have Pastor John Mesborian with us here tonight. And um, Pastor John has been a very, very good friend of Jess and I for many, many years. Jess helped to start Nations Youth Group with him back in the day. Um, so Nations Church, really all the credit goes to Nations Youth. <laughs> no, um, I shouldn't really say that. Ooh. Um, but hey, but um, John, John Mez uh, planted Life Chapel how many years ago? About five? Only four years ago, Life Chapel is a phenomenal church at Kennedy Baptist College down there, making waves. It's awesome. He's been a big encourager of mine when I've had challenges around this whole church planting journey. <laughs> there, there. He's always got an encouraging word to say. And so he is, he's given up his time to come and minister to us tonight. So why don't we all be upstanding for Pastor John Mesborian. Let's honor him. Let's honor the word. What's up? Give him a What's big up, round of applause. That's it. Don't you love your senior pastors? They're great. Come on, give them some love. Give, shave give me some love. He's about to get married, everyone. They're about to get married. Uh, grab your seat, grab your seat. I'm, I'm sure it's not a same-sex marriage, right? Uh, anyway, moving on, moving on. Too, too close, too soon. Um, it's so good to be with you here. I'm already in trouble. I grabbed the mic for five seconds. Oh, thanks, Shapin. Oh, that's awesome. Already in trouble. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, how cool is your new building here? This is not bad. Hey, I remember the other building. I like had to race someone into some car park bay. You know, there were, and it was, you know, someone from, I think, the other service. And then I, oh, I got it. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, God bless you, brother. You know? <laughs> we're, we're, it's good fun. Good fun. Awesome. Get out of the photos. Um, but, hey, we're, we're coming around, you know... Um, Pastor Schaefer and, and Pastor Jess were talking a little bit about um, being planted. And so uh, I sort of, sort of said, oh, this is awesome. All right, I, I remember, you know, preaching a message like years and years and years ago when we were starting in church. And it sort of just took me back to like, you know, when you're sort of in those initial stages in church. And so I, I want to go to, to Psalms 92 verse 12 to 15. Um, this is like the Mark 2 version, by the way. So hopefully it's better. Um, but it says here, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the what? Of the Lord. That's right. They'll flourish in the courts of our God. They'll still bear fruit in old age. That's me. I want to still be bearing fruit in old age. You know, as I'm getting older, I went in and, and um, saw one of these, um, the girls from our youth ministry, and I haven't seen her for like, you know, four years, and she's like, oh, Pastor John, and we're like, oh, Donna, she's like, you haven't aged a bit, I'm like, you're my best friend, you know, I, I'm like, yes, yes, I love that, they'll stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him, I love this, I love this because, have you ever met young people that are old? Anyone, anyone, you know, young people that are old, they're always complaining about something. It, it's like they've been baptized in lemon juice, I tell you. You know, they, you know, they come up like this. And, and that, and then, but, but then you, you've got older people who are young. Who, who knows those people? You know, older people are young. and you, You're sort of like, you've got to take two, you know. How, how old are you? You know, what, what are you? But they've got that young sort of, sort of spirit in them that, oh, we can do it, we can do it. That, that's what I want to be like when I'm older. You know, I want to be when I'm 80 years old and I want to be yelling at the sound man, 
turn it up, you know, like, that's sort of me, you know, I don't, don't want to be old and, you know, turn it down and it's too loud and it's too many lights and they're in my eyes and all this and that, I, I want it to be a party, right, amen, anyone else like that, that, you know, the older you get, you want to keep that young spirit in you, yeah, that's me, that's me, so I've, I've titled this message, Planted in the house. So why don't we just pray? Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for your word, your word. And we thank you that as we read it, it would give us revelation, that as we apply it into our life, that there would be transformation, God. God, we don't just want to have a good talk and have some good information, but we want to change the way we live, that we would be more and more like you. So articulate everything that comes out of my mouth, Lord. May they be your words and not my own. And Father, would we have an amazing time here in your presence with each other, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, a few years ago, it was four or five, five years ago, we'd sort of finished up um, at Nations when we were youth passing there for a decade, and, and then I had long service leave, and then I had like 13 weeks owing to me of like just normal leave, and so we, we were like, what are we going to do? I'm like, let's go travel, you know? <laughs> and so my wife and I, we went and uh, we bought a ticket uh, away, you know, into London, and a ticket three and a half uh, months later, back from LA, and we didn't plan anything. It was just like, all right, what are we going to do this week? We're like, all right, well, let's cruise down, let's go to Amsterdam, and let's do this and that. A couple of bad, um, you know, bookings from myself. Like I, I booked, I, I had to come back to Australia for a, a conference for three days, and then I flew back from the Gold Coast. And I didn't realize the time differences. And I had Sarah landing in Amsterdam. We we're both land landing at like 5 p.m., but I was landing 5 p.m. the next day. <laughs> it's so funny. And she's like freaking out. She's like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's all right. And I, I quickly, I said it's all right, and then I quickly Googled like how safe is Amsterdam, you know? <laughs> and then I realized it was only like six, it was like six on the list. So I'm like, oh, it's better than Australia. It's safe, man. That, you're all right, babe. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> she did like the walking tour without me. Uh, she's so funny that she was, anyway, anyway, let's not go. It went down. But, but you know, that there was this one spot when we went in and we went to Rome and it was awesome going through and it's all old school and, you know, going to the Colosseum and, you know, we're walking there at night and I'm, I'm there and I don't know about you, but my favorite movie is Gladiator, right? So I'm in there and I'm like, I'm thinking, do I shout this out? Are you not entertained? You know, like I'm just getting into it. I'm like, oh, I love that movie. Does anyone else have like a pick-me-up movie? You know, when you're feeling a bit flat, you're like, you go to this movie, that's my movie. You know, that, Braveheart. I'm like, oh, yes, yes. My wife's is terrible, by the way. Her pick-up movies are terrible. It's like, I don't know, 10 Things I Hate About You or something like that. I don't know. Uh, don't... <laughs> Is this recording? She's going to hear that. She's going to be like, that is not my... No, actually, seriously, I think it's the sound of music for my wife. And I'm like, may we never introduce our kids to that movie ever. <laughs> the hills are alive. <sighs> you know, oh gosh, give me some action any day, you know? Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> Rome, yes, gladiator. All right, I'm, I'm here. And uh, we're coming in and... We went to the Vatican City. It was awesome. 
They're, you know, honestly, like looking at Vatican City, smallest country in the world. And as we go in there, there's the Vatican. And you're like, whoa, it's like the epicenter of, of Christian culture and, and, and what just God was doing and like the church and, and all that. We went in. It was amazing. Uh, went up to the top. Had to go in between like uh, the dome and they've got this like tiny little... Uh, cabin that you went stairs that go around and Sarah's getting claustrophobic she's like, oh, I can't do this and I'm like well I'm not letting you backwards you know and we're like going up and it was great but there was this one point where we were in there and it's just magnificent like in the the, the place and and the Vatican it's just it looks amazing and I saw that whoa these people have gone up into like there's like chairs and that they've gone up and they're kneeling down and they're taking photos of, of a dead Pope. I kid you not, I actually got my photo. Look, so I went up there, I knelt down, and I took the, that is a man in there. Can you see the top left? There's his, you know, um, I think he, I don't think that's his actual face. I think that there's something over there. But, and, and so people are down, and I'm like getting this shot, and as I'm getting, I've got this awesome shot. I'm like, whoa, this is pretty cool. But then I realized that everyone aren't, they're not actually walking down to take a photo. They're actually walking down to pray. So everyone next to me is deep in contemplative prayer. <laughs> and I assumed that they were just, you know, taking pictures. <laughs> so I took them, and it was too late. By the time I got the shot, I, I realized, and they're all there like, you know. <laughs> and there I am, and I just pulled the camera tight into my chest. <laughs> Looked around, and then, I was like, oh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. <laughs> and then just went off. It was like the worst. <laughs> oh, gosh. But <laughs> it was hilarious. But, but the thing is, pe- people come, I'm like, this dude's dead. He, he's not going to be able to help you, everyone. You know, he is dead. And, you know, when we think about the church, we think about sometimes a thing that's dead, a thing that's old. A thing that is like a building and it's, it's fallen to pieces and things like that. This is when we think of the church, the house of the Lord. You know what? Um, I've asked many people. And you know what comes to their mind when they hear the term church? And you know people say like a building, a weekend event, the longest hour of the week. Um, <laughs> so... You know, something that's used to control people, the church. The church and it's going on around what is this thing called the church? What is it was used one time in four of the gospels, Jesus used this word, the church. And he used this word, but it's funny that this Greek word called ecclesia is actually a bit different than what we know the word as being church right now. So the Greek word ecclesia became distinctively Christian word, but it wasn't originally. It was actually a very secular world that then, secular word, sorry, not world, secular word that then they used, and it meant this, okay? So ek meaning out, and kelion means to call, and pull it together, it means the ecclesia. When Jesus said that I would build my ecclesia, that's what he said. That was the term that he said to Peter. And he talks about who we are now, this ecclesia. And it was a word used for a public assembly summoning 
by a herald. People would be called out. And so this was a Greek word that was used often for, hey, something's going on and we need everyone to come out and gather because we need to go and do something. Whether that's fight or whether that's go out and sort out a problem or an issue. But it was for a purpose. But it's funny because the Ecclesia, you know, it was gathering people who were united with a common identity and purpose. It was growing by the thousands, by 1300 and, sorry, 313 AD, Constantine, soon to be emperor, legalized Christianity. And it was, it was then booming for the next 10 years. It boomed after that. And they started to build basilicas to gather the followers of the way. And, and this is where the Ecclesia ceased to become a movement and it became a building. It became something that is quite static. It was meant to be dynamic. It was meant to be something that was a calling out, a coming in. It was about people, but then it turned to places and buildings and it became stagnant. It became stagnant. So did you know that the English word church actually... Uh, derives not from the Greek word for assembly, but rather a German word called Kirka. That's right. That's where that, the word we know church comes from is actually a German word, Kirka, which refers to a building that became a church. So in modern Germany, that meant house of the Lord. So the majority of the Bible, when we read through it, obviously Jesus wasn't speaking in English back then. You know, uh, in the Old Testament, it was Hebrew, so it would be written in Hebrew, and we pull that out from Hebrew and translate it right into English. But then, in the New Testament, it was Greek, and so they would pull out the Greek, and they will translate that Greek into English. Yeah? Pretty basic? Yeah? You with me? Yeah? So, the problem is, is when we translate the word ecclesia, which was actually meaning a purposeful gathering of people, it, they actually didn't change the word across, but they used a substitute word called kirka, which is now known as church. So they substituted it in with a building when it was never meant to be that. When Jesus said church, when that was the word he meant, he didn't mean a building. He didn't mean, he meant a people calling out. He meant a movement. He meant something that was dynamic, something that was amazing. And so when we think about the house of the Lord, where do we need to be planted in the house of God? Okay, what is this church? And I think we see Paul pulling out in a couple of scriptures in Ephesians 2 verse 9 to 22. It says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Pause. He's talking to Ephesians. He's talking to people that aren't Jews, Gentiles. What you know, you might be going, oh, yeah, yeah, aren't they just people? No, no, no. It's kind of like they would never associate with each other, okay, back then. It's kind of like in high school, a year seven and a year 12, okay? Yeah, they, the only association is when the year 12 is barging through and kicks open, you know, the year seven just moves out of the way, all right? Was, or maybe that was just old school for me in Melville Senior High School. It was a bit rough back then. <laughs> Oh, I remember being in year eight. Oh, that was terrible, wasn't it? You know, you're coming into the big school. Anyone get lost in their high school? You know, just walk in going like, oh man, the amount of times I'd look at my map going, where am I and where am I going? 
But these people didn't speak to each other. The Jews didn't associate with Gentiles. They wouldn't even eat with them. And so there we have Paul saying, consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, outsiders, okay? But he's saying, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. But on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I love this because he's saying, hey, you can't do it alone. You are not the ecclesia alone. No, no, you can't be the ecclesia. You can't be the ecclesia and be at home streaming in. Sorry, it doesn't work like that. You can't be the ecclesia and going online and going to some amazing podcasts and and preaching sermons. Do I love them? Absolutely. Do I listen to them? Absolutely. It's great, but it's information, right? Right? This isn't what Jesus was talking about when he's talking about the ecclesia. You can't substitute an online message with church. You can't substitute. It's two different things. One's information, and that's amazing, but one is the coming together. What is it about coming together that's so powerful? You can't do this anywhere else. That's why. Where else do we get to gather? Because coming together with like-minded people to, to have a hunger for God, going, God, we want you. God, move through us. Our church is never about us. It's always about God, amen? It's always about what he's doing. It's all about coming. You know, maybe you walked into this place and you're like, oh, you know, I wonder, what, I wonder who's worship leading. You're like, oh, fantastic. You know, and then they're coming in and you're like, oh, what songs? Oh, these are my best songs. Or sometimes you're like, oh, I hate these songs. Well, luckily, it's not about you. Luckily, the, the songs that we sing, we didn't go around going, hey, can you please um, write through and give an assessment of who loves what song? Because we want to play everyone's collectively great song that they love. And they, they, it's, it's not, the songs are about God, yeah? yeah? I remember being on a missions trip in, um, in Indonesia and going to this place and they're singing in another language. And there I am. And I'm like, well... This is like hopeless for me, right? I don't know Indonesian. I don't, I don't know like, you know, Upper Kabar, you know, like, 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 you know, all that sort of. But anyway, it was like, I don't even know if that was Indonesian. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Lord. You can tell I'm used to preaching month, like mornings now rather than nights. Um, but then coming in, I, I remember like the... the sing a song, oh, well, I can't really engage with this. And I felt God just go, no, 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 this isn't about you. You may not know the words, but I knew one word, Jesus means Jesus, right? So I was just like, I was like, all right, well, I'll sing too. And, and then it, it changed. It's actually about God. It's not about me. So I'm like, all right, so Namayama, Jesus, Namayama, Jesus. It was like this. And, and it just changed the way I saw God and just going, oh God, it's, it's actually about you. The Ecclesia, it's not about us. Hey, we, we get the benefits of the Ecclesia, but it's not about us. It's a calling out for something that God has called us to do. And you can't do it alone. You know, I can't be the church alone either. We can only be the church collectively. We can only be the church together. Otherwise, it's something else right? The Ecclesia is a coming together. 
So it doesn't matter what background or upbringing or ethnicity you are, we are collectively the church because you, we are united by one person, the person of Jesus Christ, our cornerstone, amen? That he's the reason why we're here. We're building off him. He is the thing that connects me to you and you to me. And as we build upon the revelation of Jesus' teachings, as we follow Jesus, that's what he's called us to do, to be disciples, followers of him. That is when he connects me to you, and that's when we build upon him, and that's when we see the ecclesia take full um, hold, and, and as we see the church become all that God has called it to be. So, with a vision and that, in Hebrews 10 verse 24, it tol- talks to us about making sure we gather. This is how important it is. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not gathering up meeting together, sorry, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's something about gathering together in one place with one heart and a heart for God. There's something about it. There's something that happens when I gather together that I can't get in my TV at home. And then it's saying as I walk out from here, I feel encouraged. I feel lifted up. I feel better. I feel like I can do it. You know, sometimes it's I'm going through a hard time and someone's encouraging me. And other times someone else is going through a hard time and I can encourage them. And I'll be like, praise the Lord, I don't have that issue. You know that? (laughs) Joking. We do it together, right? We encourage one another. We we pull when I'm weak, someone's strong, and they pull me up. And when I'm strong, someone else, I can pull someone else. It's something that we can do together. So there is more. There is something that we can do together, spurring one another on. And that comes as we spur everyone on to the giftings that people have in their own lives. We are all gifted differently. We all have a different purpose and plan, but somehow it interweaves into one amazing picture. It's like we're all a color, but together we make the whole color. So the psalmist writes, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. You know, I want to be that person that's fresh, flourishing, and fruitful. And so how? How is it that we do that? What is the key to being fresh, flourishing, and fruitful? Is it, is it from working at that dream job? Is it from marrying the right person, or maybe another person, or maybe not even being married at all? Is it um, living in the dream house, once I've got that, or having the dream car, or, or making, you know, once you've seen something, or are a part of something, or a group, Is it that? Is it weighing a certain weight or looking a certain picture? Isn't it amazing that like white people want to be tanned and then, you know, you've got like, you know, Asian people that want to be white. Have you you ever noticed that? You know, you're like, everyone's not happy in how we look. We all want to look like something else, right? It's crazy. What, What is it that we're trying to be or become or be like? And it comes down to just one thing. Is that what is the key to being fresh, flourishing, and fruitful, it's being planted. And not being planted anywhere, but being planted in the house of the Lord. So I bought a pot plant to help me. Thanks, Shafe. And um, 
you know, sometimes we're sort of here and we, we want to get planted. So we're like, all right, you know, I want to, I want to get planted, right? You know, we come in, so we're in there, we, we come to church and we're like, mm, do I plant here? You know, is it, am I going to grow? You know, is it, is it all right? Can I pop it in? Or, you know, we're, we're going, oh, okay, you know, have you, you're going to another church. Oh, I don't know. And then when we see, it, it's amazing that if we don't plant ourselves, what, what happens? We actually get root bound. It's amazing that if you don't plant yourself, you'll only be able to grow to a certain capacity and then you'll stop growing because the root systems won't be able to go deeper into where they need to get to make sure that the foundation are secure. So when a storm comes, you're just going to topple over. You just got to pull out. Is it? Right, right now, if I put this in the ground like that, it's not going to, it's root bound. It actually needs to open up its roots. And it's amazing. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you need to get in there. And I'm not going to do it now because I'm already, you know, dripping, you know, who knows what juices on the stage. Plant juices. <laughs> trying to get it in there. There we go. <laughs> but this is fresh from Bunnings, everyone. You know, they. Anyway. But we've actually got to get untangled. We've got to get, we've got to get the roots out. And sometimes we don't want to. And so what we do is we shield ourselves. And we put ourselves in plant pots, right? Because in my plant pot, at least no one can hurt me. At least I'm not vulnerable if I've got my plant in the plant pot. You know, I'm, I'm still secure. I've got this outer you know, sort of shield around me where people can't get too close. And people live their lives like this in a plant pot space. And it's funny, like, uh, I remember a friend, and I can't remember what it was. It was an event or something. And I saw this sign, and it says, rent a plant. I'm like, sorry? Rent? Did you know that you could rent a plant? Does anyone know this? That if you moved in somewhere or something... And what they do is they get their plant pots and the plants and they pop them in and they just cover it. So they dig the plant with the plant pot in and they cover it. And you don't realize that it's actually not planted. I wonder how many Christians, it looks like they're planted, but they're still in their plant pot. Because the thing is, why do we do that? We do that because of this. If someone hurts me, we go, well, I'm leaving that church. I'm going here. And how many people leave because God was challenging them in a certain space, in a certain place? God was actually dealing with some issues that are a bit deeper than the superficial, oh, this and that. You know, he was actually dealing with something. And because something was being dealt with, how many people run away from God's hand to help us because they don't want to sort it out? How many people get hurt because of people, you know, we, we get hurt in church as well. Hey, let's just be real, right? We get, church, we get hurt everywhere. And I know church, we're, we're humans. People say things. They make mistakes and that. We're human, yeah? And, and because of that, we get bitter. We, we, get, we get hurt and we say things like, I'm going to never open up like that. I'm going to never trust. Oh, the church just wants your money. Oh, they just want me to do something. You know, and we get hurt because of these things and we go to our next space and in the next church we think, you know, we come in and we actually don't get healed. 
we don't get whole, we don't get restored, and we actually carry that same hurt, that same thing into the next place we do. Why? It's, it's because people don't get planted. If I could encourage anyone this afternoon, man, get planted. Be planted. You know, the benefits of being planted is when the storms come, and they always do, right? You can grow your roots down, and you can grow them deep, and you can start to tap in to some rivers of living water that you can't just get surface water from, right? There's some seasons where it's dry, where you need your roots to grow down, or else you're going to shrivel up. And you know, in how do we do this, and how do we be planted? Hey, we get vulnerable. What, what, what's another word? We get real. You know, let's not pull our mask on. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good, doing awesome. But deep and down, you're like, ah, I'm dying. That's plant pot behavior. Yeah? Church is a time where you can come in and go, I need some help. Oh, I stuffed up here. Oh, well, it's cool. It's awesome. Just come in. Hey, we're going to pray for you. We're going to help lift you up. We're here for you. That's what it's about, yeah? And it's amazing about when we actually get planted and we come out of the plant pot and we get in, what does a plant do? It draws from the soil. And then it gives life through photosynthesis and all that science stuff <laughs> that we all believe in because we believe in the Bible and science now. Remember who, who remembers the days it was like science or the Bible, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, we, you could believe in both because science just proves what God has already done. Yeah? But, and it pulls out what? Oxygen. It actually gives out into the atmosphere. A plant. It takes in from the soil and gives out into the atmosphere. Wow, that's what we do here. That we take in from where we're planted and friendships and relationships and all that and we come and we give out a fragrance and a smell and some oxygen and we come in and make sure we're not greenhouse uh, warming effect or whatever like that and we're, we're here and we're bringing that. Wow, what are you bringing? Yeah, yeah, we get to bring in here but what, what are you giving? What, what, what are you sowing out in this place? And, and that's why I love worship. There's something about worshiping with people than by yourself. There's something about being around the Word with other people around and going, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I can relate to that. Because we're, we're in it together. We're all in it together. If I can have the worship team come, and they're going to help, and we're going to land this thing. In Mark 4, verse 30, it says here, Again he said, Jesus, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what um, parable shall we use to describe it? And he says here, It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. You know, Jesus is trying to tell us this crucial kingdom principle. And like Pastor Schaefer said, it's a bit of an upside down thing. And this principle is this, a mustard seed, so insignificant and small, so risky and insignificant. You see, they're the two ingredients of what God can work with. Two ingredients for starting projects in the, in the kingdom of God is something that's small 
and something that's insignificant. When I think in the Bible and who I see, you know, King David, you know, conquers Goliath. Hey, he was insignificant and he was small. So small that they wouldn't even line him up in the line of potentially the, to be king when, the, when um, the prophet came in to ask. It's amazing. Insignificant and small. We go through. Moses, insignificant and small. God uses him. Jesus, born in a manger, born in a stable, born in a place that really a baby shouldn't be born, pretty insignificant and pretty small, but he conquered death. And we have life because of everything that he has done for us. Maybe you look at yourself, I'm pretty insignificant. I'm pretty small. My giftings are pretty small. Well, God uses those. And the things of the kingdom, it just starts small and grows big. And my prayer is forever life, a.k.a. oceans in two weeks, is that it would grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. But it first takes a seed to be planted. You want your gift to grow, it needs to be planted. And for a seed to grow, it needs to die to itself. That's why Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you need to deny yourself and carry your cross, pick up the cross, and then you can follow me. I'm sorry this isn't going to be a sexy landing. But it'll be the truth. And it'll be real. Sometimes we're so self-absorbed and self-focused. And I get it all the time. And I've got to keep on putting my my heart and my mind are the right place. It's not about me. I need to die to myself. The seed needs to die. And when it dies, then it can grow. God, no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. You know, those are kingdom words. This year, the Ecclesia, what is it about? It's not about me. It's about loving God and loving people. It's about being on a mission to see lost people find Jesus. I was lost, but now I'm found. Praise God. I was a mess. Drugs, all that. I found, had a God encounter and found this person called Jesus that helped me every step of the way. Hey, if you want to stand to your feet, that'll be awesome. I would love to pray with you all. You can look planted, but are you? Do you have that shield around you, the plant pot? Or have you taken it out? My prayer is that we take out the plant pot and we put ourselves down so the roots can grow. If that's you, if you want to grow and you want to be planted, just lift your hands. Father God, I pray for every single believer here in this place. And I thank you that their hearts are in the right place. But Father God, I thank you for all those that are saying, yeah, I want to be planted. Only be planted in this soil, in this ground. And we thank you, Father God, for the great ground that it is. And we thank you for Pastor Chafin and Pastor Jess. And we thank you for their leadership and their ability to say, hey, we want to plant a space. We want to have a ground here, a soil here that has young people grow, that has older people grow and flourish and be nurtured. And we thank you for this greenhouse that is ever life, aka oceans. And we thank you, Father, that what you're doing in this place, God, 
Would we die to ourselves and would we grow in you? Because Jesus, it's you that now lives and not us and not ourselves. And we pray, Father, that as we grow our roots, Lord, we know, look, maybe we're root brown. God, would you just nestle your hands in there and break up the roots so it can grow, Lord. Lord, we pray that we would grow a deeper relationship with people in this church, that would spur people on in this church deeper, better, Lord, that we'll be for people, not against people. We pray, God, for people that maybe have been hurt by churches and leaders in the past. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you don't come to condemn us, but you came to save us. And right now, Father, I pray that you would release healing and forgiveness right now over this, over all these people, Father, that will be able to grow. And Lord, we thank you, Father, that as we grow, we'll be able to uh, have shelter that we can give to others and be a part of the atmosphere and put in. We thank you, Father, that Lord, that we will look to you and you alone. That Father, we planted and that we'll be fresh, fruitful and flourishing. In Jesus' name. Sorry, say amen.